Amen. Amen. Well, we like the old-time way. Amen. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right. How many of you brought your Bible with you this morning? Will you hold up the Word of God all over the building? And let's take our Bibles down. I want to ask you to join me this morning in the book of Judges in the Old Testament this morning, Judges chapter number 16. And I want to read a verse or two here this morning and just share something with you from the Word of God that I hope the Lord will use to speak to us and help us here in the service this morning. Now, I have an old Schofield Bible, and this page number 306. If you have an old Schofield Bible, and uh, Judges chapter number 16, and uh, we'll read a verse or so here in just a moment. Thank you so much for being here again on this Sunday morning, and I want to encourage you to be back in our service again tonight. I know they're calling for rain. I understand that. I think it's going to rain for maybe another couple, three days here, but uh, we're going to have a good time tonight. Don't let the rain keep you away, all right? Hope you'll be in church in the house of God this evening. 5.30, 5.05 for prayer room, 5.30 for the service tonight. All right. All right, all right, Judges chapter 16, if you're there, would you say amen? amen? All right, why don't we do this? Let's have prayer, and we'll get started this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you now for the Word of God. Thank you for the old-time way. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and thank you for the Bible, the Word of God. Thank you for church. God, we bless you for how good you've been. Now we ask you to bless the needs of your people and help folks this morning that are struggling today encourage their hearts, and then for anybody in this room today that's going to be in that position, that category of what I'm talking about today, Lord, I pray the Spirit of God will use this message to help them today to get right with God. Please, bless your word, bless the story, bless the message, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you are, if you're the average person, then you have about 100,000 of these. Now, if you're the average person, you're going to lose between 100 and 125 of these every day. And if you're the average person, what I'm talking about will grow 0.44 milliliters per day. Now, what am I talking about? Well, if you're thinking about hair, then you just won a free meal at the next Super Summer Sunday Evening Celebration here at Woodland. That's right, hair. You see, everybody in here, now not everybody, but if you're average, <laughs> you've got about 100,000 hairs on your head. Every day you're going to lose between 100 and 125 of those hairs with the exception of this. If you're redheaded on an average day, and I don't know why this is true, but according to what I read, if you're redheaded, you'll lose an average of 150 hairs every day. And your hair every month is going to grow a whopping half an inch. Now, the reason that I'm telling you all that is because this morning what I'm going to preach about is about a man who lost all of his hair at one time. Now, of course, if you're familiar with the Bible and you're thinking about hair, especially if you're thinking about a man's hair, then the first person that's going to pop in your mind is a man by the name of Samson. Samson, when we think about hair in the Bible, especially on a man, outside of maybe Absalom, whose hair got him in trouble, Samson was a, uh, is the man that we think about. He was a judge in the nation of Israel, a leader in the land of Israel, in between the times of the death of Joshua and Moses, uh, and then, of course, with the conception of the kings in the book of 1 Samuel, 
We know that in that between period that God used people by the name of judges to lead the nation of Israel. Well, there were 13 of these judges that are mentioned throughout the book of Judges, and without doubt, the most famous, the most popular of all those judges is this man by the name of Samson. In fact, more is said about Samson in the book of Judges than any other judge. The problem with that, however, is that we learn more from the life of Samson of what not to do of how not to live than we do of what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live. I mean, Samson, from his life, we, we kind of get an understanding. Don't do like he did, or we're going to wind up in the same shape that he wound up in. You know, Samson is really a great mystery in the Bible because Samson was strong before men, but he was weak before women. Samson fought the Lord's battles by day, but he broke the Lord's commandments by night. Samson had the power of God on him, but he had the passions of the flesh within him. Samson could conquer nations without, but he couldn't control his own notions within. Oh, Samson, he's a great mystery. And he's basically known for two things, his strength and his hair. Now, you've got to remember that Samson is a Nazarite. And one of the things that a Nazarite could never do would be to cut their hair. Yet in our text this morning, we find that Samson lost all of his hair in a moment of time. Look now at Judges 16, verse number 19, and we read this. The Bible said, And she, Delilah, made him, Samson, sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. That's right. Samson lost all of his hair in a moment of time. His hair was the symbol and the sign of his Nazarite vow. And when his Nazarite vow was broken, he lost his supernatural strength. Now, of course, we know how all that came about. Samson started messing around with people that he had no business messing around with. Samson started messing around with a crowd that he had no business messing around with. In this case, it was a woman, a woman by the name of Delilah. And before you know it, she's called Samson to lose all of his hair. Now, I've got to stop and tell you this. Samson's hair had nothing to do with his strength. You understand that. I mean, it was not his hair that gave him his strength. Let me tell you where Samson got his strength from. From his relationship with God. Amen. Listen, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Our spiritual strength comes from our closeness to God. And our lack of spiritual strength comes from our distance away uh, from the Lord. And Samson, uh, uh, the only reason Samson had this supernatural power is because God gave him that supernatural strength. But when he lost his hair, that meant his vow was violated. And when that happened, Samson became just like any other man. You do understand that if we're going to live successfully for God in these last days, we're going to have to stay close to God. Anytime we let a distance come between us and God, listen, we lose spiritual strength and we become an easy prey to be overcome, to be defeated by the adversary, the devil, the world, and the flesh. We better stay close to God. Samson said, 
I'll become just like any other man if you cut my hair off. He said that. Look again at verse 17. Judges 16, verse 17. Then he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be saven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak like any other man. You see, from the time that Samson was born, God had a special plan for Samson's life. God was going to greatly use Samson to deliver the nation of Israel out of the hands of their long-time enemies, their long-time oppressors, the Philistines. But can I tell you this? When Samson started started messing around in sin, when Samson got away from God, all of that went right out the window. When he started disobeying God, Samson started down the road to self-destruction. Let me, let me say it like this. Samson was a failure. Samson greatly disappointed the Lord. Samson greatly grieved God in his life. Samson was a failure. But this morning, I don't want to talk about Samson's hair. That's not what this message is about. I don't want to preach this morning about Samson's hair. I want to preach about Samson's how be it. That's right. Look at verse 22 now. Y'all are with me, right? <laughs> right Y'all are here, right? It sure is quiet in here. Look at verse 22. How be it? the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. How be it? I, I looked this week at that word, how be it, in the Bible. Ninety-six different times in our King James Bible, you run into the word, how be it. And a number of those times, God uses that word, how be it, to introduce to us, a great truth found in the Word of God. Now, this morning, to illustrate this great truth, God begins with the, with the word, how be it. And then right after that, we come to understand that our God is a God who is great in forgiveness. When we mess up, when we fail, our God is standing, willing, able, and wanting to forgive us. That word, how be it. You know that word, how be it, means this. It means nevertheless. It means notwithstanding. It means however. It means this, be that as it may. It means this, even so. So let's read this verse again. Look again at verse 22. Let's read it like this. Nevertheless, be that as it may, notwithstanding, even so, the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. You know what God's telling us? Be that as it may. Samson's failed. Samson's messed up. Samson's greatly disappointed the Lord. Samson has left the purpose for which God gave him life. But be that as it may, notwithstanding, nevertheless, even so, thank God, God let his hair start growing again. And aren't you glad we serve a God who give us another chance? I want you to go back to chapter 13 for just a moment and look at verse 25. We have the first begin 
in the life of Samson. Look at chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Judges chapter 13, and look at verse number 5. Here's what the Bible said. For lo, now he's speaking, God is speaking, the angel of the Lord is speaking to Samson's mom and dad. And he says this, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall, what's the first word? What's the next word? He shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now we know God said, okay, he's going to begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. But then we know that Samson's life got in a real mess. I mean, Samson began to do anything but deliver the nation of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. It seems he became more enamored, more, more more distracted. He wanted more to please and gratify his own fleshly desires, and he turned his back on God. He started drinking, getting drunk, gambling, lying, sleeping with harlots. I mean, man, Samson's life just totally went in an opposite direction from where he began. But aren't you glad we serve a God that'll give us another begin? Yes, sir. Look over now at chapter number 16. We come back to that verse, verse number 22. How be it the hair of his head. I'm telling you, when we mess up and mess up our begin, thank God he's a God of a second begin. How be it the hair of his head began to grow again. Now, lest you think, that's why I said, well, I'll tell you what, our preacher's getting a little bit mellow now in his old age. He don't preach as hard as he used to preach. By I remember when he'd preach on Samson, I mean, he'd just give everybody down the country. But I'll tell you something. I want you to listen to me. I'm not trying to cheapen the character of God. I'm not trying to do discredit to the grace of God. I'm not preaching that you and I can go out and with reckless abandonment flaunt our sin in the face of Almighty God and get by. No, sir. Not if you're truly saved. Your sin, just like Samson's sin, is going to cost you. I'll Remind you, Samson paid a high price for his action, for his sin. Samson gave up his sight, for his attitude. Samson gave up his latitude. In our text, Samson is bald, and Samson is blind, and Samson is bound. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you can't go out and live like you want to live if you're a child of God, and God lets you get by. Listen, the Bible says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, Hebrews 12, 6, and scourgeth every son whom he received. You can't do that. It'll cost you. It'll cost you. But I'm so glad when you're willing to repent and get right with God and come back to God, you'll find a God who'll give you another beginning. Yes, sir. That's exactly what happened in the life of Samson. Now, I know probably somebody sitting here this morning, you're probably thinking, Preacher, why are you telling us all this? Well, the reason I'm telling you all this is because there's some Samsons sitting in this room this morning. That's right. There's some people in this room this morning, and you've disobeyed God. There's some folks in this room, and God had a purpose for your life, and you flaunted that purpose, and you wanted to go out and fulfill the desires of your own flesh, so you turned away from God, and you went out there, and you did whatever it was that you did, and you sit here this morning, and you're eat up with guilt, and you're eat up with embarrassment, and you're eat up with sin, and you're eat up with shame this morning, and you've lost not your physical hair, you've lost your spiritual hair, you've lost your power with God, and you sit here in this room this morning, ladies and gentlemen, and your life has become one 
big failure. I'll tell you why I'm preaching this. Because our God can take failures and forgive them. Our God can take judges who become jokes and make judges out of them again. Now, I'm sure the devil has told you if you sit here in this room this morning in your life, you've been one big failure. You've greatly disappointed the Lord. You've greatly grieved the Lord. I'm sure the devil has probably told you exactly what he told Samson. Can't you just see the devil jump right here on Samson's shoulder? I mean, he's down there in the prison house of Dagon. He's grinding down there. He's bald-headed. His hair head's been shaved. His eyesight is gone. He's lost his freedom and his liberty. I'm sure the devil jumped right here on his shoulder and said, Samson, you're done. Samson, you're washed up. Samson, you'll never make it back. Samson, God's through with you. Samson, God has shut the door on you. Samson, God's turned out the lights on you. Samson, God's mad at you. Samson, God wants nothing to do with you again. Samson, you've gone too far. Samson, you've done too much. God won't forgive you. But I'm glad I can tell you, how be it, notwithstanding, nevertheless, be that as it may, even so, God can cause your hair to grow again. Yes, sir. That's the kind of God I serve this morning. I don't know what you may have done, but I promise you this. God is the God of the heavenly. How be it? Amen. I'm introducing something here because I want to tell you something. Over maybe not every Sunday, but over the next several Sundays, I want to preach on some of the how beats of the Bible. Heavenly how beats found throughout the Word of God. You know, I'm speaking to parents this morning in this room, and your children have walked away from the Lord. They've turned their back on the way that they have been raised. And the devil tells you they ain't coming back. The devil tells you, you might as well just accept it. This is the way life is going to be. The devil tells you, quit praying. They've gone too far. But God said, how be it? Nevertheless, notwithstanding, be that as it may, even so, God says, I can bring them back. That's right. I don't know. I may be speaking to somebody in this room this morning. And listen, our, our churches sometimes mess up. Churches get off the path. You know, sometimes the devil says, hey, there's not going to be any more revival. The church has gone too far. The world's too bad. You might as well give up praying for revival. But God said, how be it? Notwithstanding, nevertheless, be that as it may, even so, God says, I can do it again. I can cause revival to come. I can bring back those who've gone astray. And I can forgive the failure this morning. A heavenly how be it. Amen. Now, if we look at Samson in our text, we think life is over for him. But we come to the turning point of his story in verse 22, and it all hinges on that word, how be it. And, buddy, I want to tell you something. When old Samson, when Samson, and he's lost a lot, and there's a lot he'll never get back. Listen, I want to tell you something. If you go out here and, and you get drunk and you run your car into a tree and lose your arm, you may come back in here and get right with God, but God's not going to let you grow a new arm. You'll pay for that the rest. How many of y'all are with me on that? Samson has lost a lot. Samson, there's some things... He'll never get back. He'll never get his sight back. 
Hey, he'll never get his freedom and his liberty back. All that's gone. And eventually, guess what? His life is now over. But aren't you so glad that before he checked out, God said, be that as it may, even so, notwithstanding. God said, let's, do, let's make this thing right. And old Samson, old Samson, I mean even there in prison, when he got right with God, he got some things back. I want you to look in our text this morning. I have three things that Samson got back. I'm going to show them to you from this text. Three things that he got right, got back when his hair started growing again. Hey, can I stop and say this? I don't know why them dumb Philistines, you know what they should have done? I'd have had him down at the barbershop every day if it had been me. I mean, after I found out, you know, that hair somehow attached to his relationship with God, that relationship with God gives him this supernatural kind of strength. I'll tell you what, every day of our life, I'd had the, I'd had the barber to come in with those shears, and I'd just run over his head every day of his life. Kept that old hair cut down. But the Bible said it wasn't long. It wasn't long till his hair began to grow again. Now, look in our text this morning. I want to show you three things he got back when his hair started growing again. First of all, look, if you will, now in, uh, in verse number 22. And I want to say, number one, Samson got, and I'm going to explain this one, so don't, don't, don't check out on me. But number one, do we have it? I think, number one, Samson got the Holy Spirit back when his hair started growing again. Samson, the Bible said, the Spirit of God came back on him. Can I tell you something? The one thing that made Samson different from all the other people in the land of Israel, in the land of Philistia that day, was old Samson had the power of the Holy Spirit upon his life. Hey, I think personally, I think Samson, I don't think Samson was this, uh, this, this giant of a man like Goliath. I don't think he was nine or ten feet tall and had muscles and, well, I mean, pretty much, you know, maybe looks like me now. I don't think he looked, shut up. I don't think he was a giant of a man. I think he probably did look a lot like me. Just average, run-of-the-mill, ordinary. When you seen him, you didn't think anything much about him. But let me tell you what made the difference in Samson's life when the power of the Holy Ghost would come on him. When the power of the Holy Spirit would come on him. That's what gave him his strength. The reason that he could suck up the, the city post from the gate of the wall of the city and walk off with them is because he had the power of the Spirit of God on him. The reason he could catch 300 foxes and tie their tails together and set, field to the, set fire to the fields of the Philistines, the reason is because the Spirit of God came on him. The reason he could pick up a jawbone of a dead donkey and whoop a thousand Philistines with it, the reason is because the Spirit of God came on him. In fact, it's recorded more of Samson than anybody else in our Old Testament that the Spirit of God came on him. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something. The difference in Samson's life was the fact that the Spirit of God was on that boy. But let me tell you something. When he turned his back on God, all that went away. Now, I, I got to stop and tell you this. Somebody said, man, our preacher has lost his mind. He's preaching, he's preaching you can get saved and get lost. No, I'm not. 
Because we got to understand in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit operated different than He does in these New Testament days. Now we understand in this New Testament dispensation that you and I no longer can lose the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible said in Ephesians 4.30 that He sealed us till the day of redemption. We understand that Jesus said that when the Comforter has come, He will abide with you forever. Thank God I can't lose. Now that the Spirit of God moved into my heart, in my life, when I got born again, the Spirit of God came to abide with me forever. But it wasn't that way in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit would come upon a man. And then when that task was performed and that duty was done, the Holy Spirit would lift off of that man. And I'm here to tell you this morning what happened to old Samson was, but during that process of time, the Spirit of God took his hand off Samson's life. The Spirit of God left Samson's life. Let me show you a verse. Look back into chapter 13 for just a moment. Look at chapter 13 and verse 25. I love this verse. The Bible said this, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him. The Spirit of the Lord began to move him. Boy, how many times has the Spirit of the Lord moved on you? Amen. Then look over at chapter 16 and verse 20. Here's the tragic results of a life of sin and, and rebellion. Verse 20, the last phrase there said, and he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. I wonder how many people sit in this room this morning, and you can remember those days when the Spirit of God would move in you. You remember that. I mean, you could come to church and, man, it wasn't long. You'd be sitting there. Maybe the tears would be rolling down your cheeks or maybe you'd stand up and say, Preacher, can I give a word of testimony right before you preach this morning? Or the Spirit of God would move on you. And, I mean, it just, man, you could just feel God moving in you. But in the sight, the more we go away from God, the less that movement becomes until finally God quits moving at all. And we begin to even think, has the Lord left me? Has God completely moved out of my life? You see, one of the things that our sin and rebellion cost us is the presence of God in our life, the power of God on our life. I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but I am talking about quenching the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. I'm talking about grieving the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Hey, let me tell you something. Our sin drives a wedge between us and God. Our sin puts us at a distance away from God. Our sin separates us from God, and it makes us feel as if God has completely forsaken us. He has left us. But one of the things that happens when we get right with God and our hair starts growing again is the Spirit of God can once again... Move on us again. Amen. I'm going to prove it to you in just a minute. But you know the first thing he got back when his hair started growing? He got the Holy Spirit back. Amen. Hey, can I ask you something? How long has it been since God moved in you? How long has it been since God moved on you? How long has it been since the Holy Spirit worked in your heart and your life? Listen, let me tell you something. When something, somebody as big as God moves on the inside of you, let me tell you something, friend. You're going to feel him moving around in there once in a while. We have some ladies in our church this morning that are expecting. And I guarantee you, if you say, hey, how do you know you're expecting? 
Well, they'd say, number one, my husband went down to the CVS uh, pharmacy and bought one of these things that come back and got a plus on it, so that helped me. But I tell you, every once in a while, ooh, man, I feel something moving on the inside of me. Can I tell you something? Bless your heart. If you're saved, you ought to feel God moving every once in a while. I mean, somebody as big as God moves into somebody as little as us, he's going to be bumping into the walls once in a while, ain't he? Yes, sir. He got the Holy Spirit back when his hair started growing again. Hey, can I tell you something? You want, the, hey, you want God to move again in your life this morning? You want to feel God move? Are you tired of being dry and dusty on the inside? Are you tired of never feeling anything, never feeling God's presence in your life? You ought to come this morning and get right with God, and God will cause your hair to start growing again. Amen. You got the whole, I, I don't like dry stuff, do you? Dry day. When somebody asked me, the preacher took me out this week to a steakhouse. We don't go to steakhouses much. But he took me out to a steakhouse to eat, to eat this week. And uh, so I ordered me one of them steaks, man. Put ketchup all over it. I ordered me one of them big old steaks. He said, that woman said, how do you want it? I said, I want it, I want it, I want it juicy on the inside. I can't stand an old dry piece of meat. Can y'all? How many of y'all like that? Some of you like your bacon so crisp when you pick it up, it breaks. I can't eat it. I like it when I pick it up, it just leans over. I like French fries. When you pick them up, they just bow down. I can't stand an old fry that stands straight up, oh, hard, crunchy something. Man, no, sir, I like a little juice on the inside. When I preach, I like to, I like to have a little juice. When I preach, I don't want to be like that preacher's riding down the road one day. His sermon notes blew, had his window down, sermon notes blew out the road. And he, before he could turn around and get back to him, the cow ate, ate his sermon up and the cow went dry. I don't want that. I don't want that kind of stuff. I want something real, something I can feel on the inside. I'm not saved by feelings, but it sure feels good to be saved. He got the Holy Spirit back. Number two, watch this. Not only did he get the Holy Spirit back, but number two, he got the human standing back. You see, because of Samson's sin, Samson lost the respect of the Philistines. They lost respect for him. I can prove it to you. After Samson was arrested and thrown into jail, after they gouged his eyes out, the Bible said, and according to verse number, what is it, verse 25, the Bible said that they began to make sport of Samson. You know, that's what the Bible seems to indicate that happens to people when they get away from God. That crowd, you know, that used to respect you because you was right with God and you lived close to the Lord. And when things happened in their life, look, they didn't go hunting for the beer joint owner to ask him to pray for them. They didn't go looking for the bartender and ask the bartender to pray for them. They started hunting you out. You know why? You had a testimony. You had a standing in front of them that you was right with God. And they looked at your life and they could tell something's different about that boy. He don't cuss like we cuss. He don't tell the same kind of jokes that we tell. He don't drink the same booze and liquor that we drink. He don't play the cards, smoke the dope, live immoral like we do. There's something different. And guess what? Because of that, you have the respect. But when we distance ourselves from God and we get away from the Lord, one of the first things that goes is we lose the respect of the lost. Hey, can I stop and tell you this? Remember old Lot? 
when the angels had come down and said, Lot, up, get you out of this place, for the wrath of the Lord shall fall. And, and, and they told Lot, and they'd go get your family, go get them. Lot went up in the middle of the night, started tearing off, running from, boy, uh, from house to house, waking his daughters up and sons-in-laws up, and said, look, God's just told me the judgment's going to fall. You've got to get out of here. And the Bible said it seemed as one that mocked them. They laughed at him. Let me tell you why. I'll tell you why. He had lost their respect because he was no different than all the other people down in the land of Sodom. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Living separated, living separated causes us to get the respect of the lost people. Now, I know, I know we're living in a culture that's, that, uh, it's, that's lost its mind spiritually and biblically. I get all that, but I'll tell you what. Down deep in those that you work with, they know that you know God. They know that you try to live right and try to do right and that you show up at church when you grab your little testament out at break time and start reading it and have prayer before you, 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 you nabs and your Coca-Cola or, or whatever the case may be or peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you pray over that. They take notice of all that. And, buddy, when the hard times come in their life, it's you they're going to come hunting for unless you start using the same language they use and living no different than they live. And the first thing you know, they're making sport of you behind your back. They're laughing about you. That's right. And the Bible said in verse 25 that they called for Samson out of the prison house and they made sport of him. They began to laugh at him. So watch this now. The judge that they once feared. I can just see it. And I know we're, we've got to go. But listen. They used to fear old Samson. Why? When somebody mentioned Samson's name, the soldiers of Philistia started shaking in their boots. When somebody said, here comes Samson, all the Philistines went and hid themselves. You know why? They knew there was something different about him. Man, that boy had something on him that they ain't got in all the land of Philistia. That boy's different. God's on that boy. And they ran from him. They were afraid of him. They respected him. But now what are they doing? Well, the judge has become a joke. I wonder this morning, am I speaking to somebody in this room? And because of what sin's done in your life, the judge has now become a joke. That's right. Failure, shame, humiliation, guilt, embarrassment, all of that is the emotions of your heart this morning because you, like Samson, have, have failed the Lord. So we got the Holy Spirit back. But let me just tell you something. He's about to get his human standing back. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. But then number three, and we're done. Samson got this. Samson got his heavenly strength back. That's right. He got his... Let me show you what happened. So there stands Samson. The Colosseum is full of those people that morning. Man, they say, hey, won't you bring Samson out? Let's praise our God for delivering Samson into our hands. It wasn't their God that delivered Samson into their hands. It was our God that delivered Samson into their hands. God had took his hand off his life. He'd become just like any other man. The Spirit of the Lord had left him. So the Bible said they call for him, and there he stands in front of that massive crowd, all those Philistines that are there, and, and they begin to praise their God, Dagon, and there stands Samson, and I can see him with tears running down his cheeks because he remembers this crowd that's now laughing at him used to respect him and run from him and fear him. And now he's got the tears and he regrets the life that he's lived. He regrets the decisions that he's made. He regrets the choices that's come about in his life. And he's standing there and he begins to think about how it used to be, how he used to feel God move, and how he used to have the touch of God on his life. But that's no longer the case. 
But old Samson's about to start praying. Look, if you will, at verse number 28. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, Oh, Lord God! And then I like these next two words. Remember me? <laughs> you see, sin had cost him the presence of God. He thought God done forgot all about him. And I could see on the other side, God leaning over the ballast of glory and say, Son, I ain't never forgot you. <laughs> I love you. In fact, I've just been waiting for this moment. I just, I was just anticipating hearing your voice again. Samson, of course I remember you. And in essence, in verse 28, what he says, Lord, one more time. Lord, would you just one more time let me feel you again? Lord, would you just one more time give me the power back? Lord, would you just one more time move on me again? And the Bible said about that time, God the Holy Spirit moved on that old boy and he leaned upon those pillars with all of his might. And it went long to that crowd that had been formerly praising their God Dagon and lifting their God Dagon up for delivering Samson. It wasn't long until that same look of fear that they used to have regarding Samson come across their face. You know why? He just got his human standing back. And it wasn't long until he leaned upon those pillars with all of his might. And that old Colosseum began to reel and rock back and forth. You know why? He's just got his heavenly strength back. And it wasn't long until he brought the whole house down. Somebody said, man, he committed suicide. No, I like to think of it like this. He gave his life for the cause of Christ because he got right and his hair started growing again. Hey, this morning, don't you want to feel God move on you? Don't you want the presence of God on your life? You may be sitting here this morning, you may think I'm the biggest failure in the world but I got one little last tidbit of truth to give you. You know what the Bible said about Samson? Samson, this great failure. Samson, this, this, let me say it like this. Samson, this historical failure. God turned around and put him in the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about the Cooperstown of the Bible. Yeah, look at this verse right here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. And what shall I more say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of... Now, Hebrews 11 is the Cooperstown Hall of Fame of Faith of the Bible. And right over there in the Cooperstown Hall of Fame of Faith of the Bible, you would think God would be talking about Job and some of the... But Job's not even mentioned in that chapter. But before God said, hey, before I close this out, <laughs> let me tell you about a judge who became a joke that I turned around and made him a judge again. Let me tell you about a failure, and let me tell you how I forgave him. And I did such a good job that I'm going to put him in the Cooperstown Hall of Fame of Faith. If God could do that for Samson, what could God do for you? If God could help old Samson and forgive him, couldn't God forgive you? Why don't you this morning just say, I'm tired of living in this guilt? The shame, the sin, this embarrassment, I'm tired. I'm coming home to Jesus this morning. You need help? Help's right here. Let's pray.